Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Saints Score on all of your good podcasting platforms. Spurs, it's happened. We lost 4-1 and I'm very upset, but we're here to talk about it. Once again, we don't have Jamie, but Ollie and Mikey return. And do you know what? I'm going to go to Ollie first because it seems like he had a bit of a rough time getting to this recording online studio. Ollie, yeah. how have you been? And you know, tell us the story. Uh, well, my day hasn't been improved since the result on the weekend. Um, mm. I had quite a nice day at work and I finished early. So the plan was I was going to go shopping in plenty of time before the recording. And if you had access to our group chat, you would have seen me confidently put, oh, are we still on five o'clock? About <laughs> half four. I did my, <clears throat> did my weekly shop. Sorry, I'm still a little bit out of breath and I've got a sweat on. Did my weekly shop and my Apple Pay didn't work. I was I left the house and I thought, oh, it's only around the corner. I have the good fortune of having a shop 10 minutes around the road. So I thought, oh, I don't need my car. I got my Apple Pay. When was the last time my Apple Pay declined? It's been years. I don't even think I remember it declining. <laughs> I get to check out and the person's put all through my uh, shopping and card declines three times. Go in, uh, get my, go outside and get my bank up and there's enough money in there funnily enough considering I'm a student there is the money in there but it's just not coming out for some reason so I then have to I have the decision do I just abandon my whole week shopping or do I go and run and get my wallet out of you know embarrassment and uh, wanting to actually do my shopping so mm. I'm interested on YouTube's thought. would you just leave it and just call it quits or would you go and run and get your card how far away is the cars? Like, as in, well, it's about a distance. ten minute walk. So I'd have to run back home, which would take about five minutes. And bearing in mind, what is it today? It's a pretty sweltering day. Yeah, I think we're getting into true. the second heat wave. Whenever you're listening to this, so current temperature is twenty eight degrees in Bristol. Um, yeah. Would you Would you go and get the card, or would you just explain the situation and get home for the podcast? Mark, uh, do, no, do you I want think, to think that's 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 difficult it, it, it depends. If there's a if there's like digestive biscuits in there and I'm hungry, I'm going back to getting okay. my cards. Can I just ask? Because it's shopping day, I have now nothing to eat for dinner. Okay, so if I don't do the shop, then I'm not eating anything. I'm eating toast for dinner, so that yeah. puts a little bit more jeopardy in the situation. Um, yeah, I'll 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 cut you the. Uh, the suspense. I bolted it back to the house, picked up my card, ran back to the shops because uh, obviously she did. The, the person was very nice, and they did almost like a suspended transaction for me. Mm. Um, so then I had to run all the way back to the shops, and now I I get there. I have to wait until the person who's getting serves transaction finish, and then kind of awkwardly like hop in and explain the situation. Then try and put my card in, and then my card declines. Mm. And so I've put the pin in, and the pin's still not working, and it's saying card declined, card declined. And at this point, I genuinely, I, you know, when you have like a kind of a wave of, what would you call it? Just like, you just feel genuinely awful because I was like, I don't know what I do now apart from just give up and walk out. Um, yeah. So I, I literally said to them, I don't what to do what do i do and they're like have you got any cash and i was like well i could go and get cash but 
will the cash machine let me get cash out? I don't know. So I just start, I think I've just got to put it back. So I don't know what else to do. So um, by this point, I'd like a, a, attracted other uh, supermarket workers. I was about to say what shop it was, but I realised we're not on the radio anymore. Are we? I can I can say who we. I was in Lidl, okay? Yeah. High life. Yeah. Uh, I attracted two more, like, Lidl workers, and they were like, oh, it's fine, we'll put it back for you. But you know when they're really, like, disgruntled and they don't want to? You can really, like, they're reluctantly doing it because they kind of have to, but they, they're being nice, but you know, they're, they're really judging you and going, oh, this guy, why has he got no money in his bank account? So, oh, I'm wheezing. You can hear me wheeze as I'm talking. That's not good. <laughs> I might need an pub. Um, uh, and then yeah so they ended up putting it back and I said to them look is there a way that I can like leave a review for you guys so like your manager gets like a you know you've done well or whatever and they're like yeah so this evening my two jobs are leaving a little review for Stephen at Lidl shout out Stephen from Lidl and uh, yeah. called up my bank as well and asked why my bank card's been blocked and hopefully hasn't been rinsed for all the £20 that's in there so yeah <laughs> that's where I am at the moment. Yeah. So, hasn't been uh, any any better since the weekend. Should we, should we say that? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, Mikey, has your Monday been as enthralling, story packed, dramatic, or has it been a bit calmer? Oh, it's been calmer. Um, yeah. Really, not much. To be fair, um, it's sort of been. Sat around playing FIFA the entire day. It's not not really been. Right. I've just been keeping away from the sun. To be fair, I'm not a massive fan of heat. So when it's 27 degrees outside, I try and stay away from it. Um, but yeah, so that's it's been nice. It's been okay. You know, just chilled out majority of the day. Watched a bit of Ted Lasso as well, which was nice. Almost done with the uh, first season of that. Um, Worth watching. It's a good series. I really enjoy it. I'm really really enjoying it. But yeah, I'd say it's worth watching. But it's on Apple, so it's it's another subscription to yeah. buy. Yeah. Unless you get like a free trial or something. Yeah. Do you know what? I might give that I might give that a miss. And that's how I felt about match of the day when I got back home on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I still had to have a look at it because obviously we're doing this podcast and I wanted to have a proper deep dive. Look at how we conceded, how we scored. And Ollie, you watched the game. I wasn't able to. I don't think Mikey was either. We were both out at the time, working hard. So, Ollie, what was the game like and what was your overall opinions on the match as well? I mean, I'll be honest, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, I watched the whole thing, but I kind of... uh wasn't giving it my full attention because for what I was watching I wasn't really enjoying or to be on I'll be honest between the after the own goal it was just painful viewing I think is what I'm going to say I mean it was just kind of attackers v defenders just kind of onslaught really that real kind of uh what would you say almost like a the way that we we would just clear the ball for about 10 seconds relief of pressure just for it to come back again it had no it looked almost hopeless the way that we just yeah kept having to fend uh on and on and on so yeah it wasn't a fun watch i don't think you uh you missed too much watching it and um i read somewhere i can't remember 
where I read it, but someone basically said that it didn't feel like the first game of the season with a new, um, you know, a, a new kind of thing. It felt it, almost like the 39th game of last season, if that makes mm. any sense. It just kind of uh, trickled through and I didn't see any major change at all. And I know you mentioned privately that it seemed very similar to the mistakes that we were making last season as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the goals that we saw, they looked very similar, you know, defensive mistakes, silly decisions. I mean, especially the two goals that they conceded from in-swinging crosses, you know, happened against Leicester when we ironically also lost 4-1 and James Ward-Prowse scored. It feels like James Ward-Prowse, you know, tries to get us out of the mud a few times. We can't rely on it every season. And sometimes, even in these sorts of games, he scored. But if we can't defend properly... Conceding four goals, you're never going to get a point out of a game, let alone win away from home on the first game of the season. Mikey, what are your thoughts on you know the whole game? As, as you know, the whole of pre-season got new signings in, got new coaching staff in. You know, you feel that's going to be a bit of a buzz, reinvigorated. Are people going over the top because it feels like one game? There's 37 left, or do you look at it and go, we've had 76 days to make a difference? And it still feels the same. I think, okay, again, a lot of to take in from Harry there. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I think with with like people going over the top and stuff like that, I can see why. Um, I, I can I can see why it's they're going over the top because that is sort of the thing of has anything really changed. Um, you look at that starting eleven that played. Um, not really. Uh, <laughs> in all fairness, you look at the starting eleven that did play. You got Rebo on there. You've got uh, Bazuni on there as well. You got Lavia who had quite a solid debut. I think he had quite a solid performance. But you look at it on reflection, and you go, well, "No, not a lot has has changed at this point." Um, as you said, same errors, same this, same that, same the other. Uh, but on the other hand, you look at this first side, they're going to be competing for the top of the league. And we gave them a really good game in the first, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, 20, 25 minutes. Then Spurs started getting back into it. And we made a couple of errors here and there that, you know, made it difficult for us. Uh, and then after at least you saw that capitulation and Spurs then stepped off the pedal a little bit in the last 10-15 minutes they made four changes at once and um, that's when we sort of we got back into it a little bit more we managed more shots in the second half than we did in the first which the performance of the second half was awful so so it just shows how much Spurs actually stepped off the pace of that game um, but yeah I, I can see what Hassan Hoot was trying to do from the output, uh, from from the off, where we sort of just trying to congest the centre of the centre of midfield and the centre of the pitch, because you think where are Spurs most effective? You've got Harry Kane who likes to drop into a pocket. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a centre, we're going to match their front three up with our back three and make it man for man, which worked quite well at home last year. You got to remember where Valerie was on Son and Salisu getting sent off but it actually worked quite well having man for man three on three um, 
And what you're going to do is you're going to have Harry Kane where he drops into his little pockets of space that he likes doing. You're going to have Lavia in front and then right behind. So you've got basically a two-on-one in that sense and you're going to try and cut out the effectiveness of Harry Kane, which in all fairness, he didn't have an amazing game. He didn't really create a lot or or, or score, have, have chances to score. He didn't have a lot of that. So from that standpoint, you could say it worked. Um, and then you've got Son who likes to cut inside. You've got Kulovesky who likes to cut inside. So you're going to try and make the pitch as narrow as possible. But what ended up happening was that Gineppo, who's quite an inexperienced wing back, he was being caught quite high up the pitch. So there was a lot of space in behind for uh, Kudovesky to make a run from inside to outside of Salisu, dragging Salisu out. And then that sort of had to reorganise our entire defence. Because Salisu was then dragged out of position. Gineppo didn't really know what he was doing, which then created a two-on-one out wide. And then you had a cross into the box and Walker-Peters was being beaten to back post crosses or we weren't very organised in the defence because as soon as our centre-half stepped out or one of our central midfielders stepped out to fill in that space, that's when like problems were caused and everyone sort of lost the plot a little bit and that happened on three or four occasions in the first half brought on Jack Stevens to try and negate that and be a little bit stronger at the back post with instead of Jan Valerie because uh, I think Valerie was there to be a bit quicker a little bit more speed to track the players and track the runners. But it actually turned out we need a bit more height and a little bit more um, physicality at the back post. And apart from that two-minute collapse, it was it sounded okay, even though we were just being dominated, I suppose. So you can see what we try to do, but at the end of the day, we just got exploited by balls in behind our wing-back. And that's how you sort of pick apart a back five especially when you've got uh, wing-backs who aren't used to playing there uh, and aren't used to, you know, doing that defensive side of the game. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, I think I, I don't know. Uh, we missed, it felt like we missed a proper striker, um, like someone who could hold the ball up and, and do that sort of thing. And we just missed players and build up. It felt like, we were so disorganised and build up, we just didn't create anything. And we, apart from the first 10 minutes or so, we really didn't cause Spurs any problems. I think that's the disappointing thing about it. We didn't look like we caused any problems like, at all. Um, so, yeah, that's my overview of the game from what we got another five minutes left. So, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, we had two shots on target in the entire match. One of those was James Royal Prowse's forty first Premier League goal, which for me it sounds mental. It doesn't it doesn't feel like he scored forty one, but I guess in the last couple of seasons he's really picked up the pace and the amount of times he's he's been able to find the back of the net. You mentioned their Spurs, you know, they really I think they'll probably finish top three this season, probably in that third position. You talked about their attacking threat. And that's why people, especially me, shouldn't be overzealous, shouldn't be throwing the toys out of the pram straight away. But Oli, does it feel like there was so many places that they could have targeted and gone, that's a weakness, that's a weakness, that's probably a weakness. You know, Valerie at right centre-back, Gineppo at left wing-back, Bednarek, um, you know, hasn't wasn't great last season. Salisu's confidence, as you can see by that horrific own goal clearly isn't there and other, me and Mike who previously said that you know he might need a bit of time out is it just they're so good 
you know, that we'll just take that one and go on to the next one with Leeds in a game that hopefully we probably have more hope in getting a result out of. Or is it, look, we still need players or maybe the team selection needs to change. Maybe it should be Bella Kocciak that should have played instead of Valerie. In hindsight, it's a lot easier to say. Um, but yeah, do you think there's too many places at the moment that teams can target and go, Spurs destroyed them in this area, in this area. We're going to do the same and they might get the same outcome. Yeah, a lot to go from that is. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those ones where the players that were picked did well in preseason, and I like that. You know, Valerie had a good preseason. We were talking about in the in the preview podcast that oh, it'd be nice for him to play because he's you know he's looked very solid, and um, you know people saying he's really matured and looked you know the real deal in, in pre-season. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, Gineppo. I mean, even I said that I think, you know, Gineppo should be given a go because he's been playing well in pre-season and if you have a good pre-season, you deserve to be rewarded against a, a good team and try and prove yourself. But did it work? I mean, I thought Valerie was poor. I, I watched him throughout the game and I thought, he's slipping back into the old ways where he, did, he doesn't look assured. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, show confidence. In fact, he kind of gives an air of nervousness, which is not what you want from a centre-back. And, you know, if you're, if you're a striker, you're going to be looking at that weakness and going, this guy doesn't fancy it. This guy's, this, this guy's not here to play. And um, what would I do? I don't know. I can't, I can't judge what's from behind the scene would... I mean, he, he. The one thing you you have to say, Ralph did try and make changes at halftime, so he tried to change it. But did the changes really work? Not particularly. Um, I just think, obviously, he's gone for this five at the back. They were training the five at the back, and we still didn't look any more defensively secure with five at the back, which is. Uh, always a slight worry for me. I always like if it works well, then fine, and I'm happy to play in that system because you you've got you know you've got that at least that defensive solidity. So then you can justify it in that sense. But the problem that I have with it is that if you're putting five at the back, and you still concede four goals, or that's the formation we played over the majority of the game, we still weren't looking defensively solid and we took that extra player out of midfield or up front or whatever and it, it just means that the reason you've made that change you've decided to shore up the fence and it's still not working so where'd you go from there I'm not quite sure but from what I saw I still think overall there was poor individual performances and the system still didn't work and didn't cover those performances so either way I don't think we won well, I don't we you know, you know what I mean we it didn't it wasn't successful rather is what I meant I think with yeah. the um with the nervousness and all that sort of stuff it's because it's a new system players are still trying to work out what they're doing and how they're trying to do it and what, what everyone's movements are going to be and whatever so uh, yes it got played through pre-season but you don't really know how something's going to work until the first game of the season when it's proper competitive football because pre-season you've got all these changes, you've got some managers will be trying different systems depending on whatever, and they'll be trying new things in pre-season because they can. So you always have to give pre-season a pinch of salt. Because so we found out this first game that you know balls in behind our fullbacks 
or wing backs even are an issue. And as soon as as soon as that structure is slightly shifted, so if a left centre half has to go out to the wing, all that causes problems because all of a sudden centre half has to move over, centre half has to move over, wing back has to move over. I don't think that's quite fluid and complete yet. I think when you look at um, you can look at teams that are well drilled. You look at a team like Brighton, where in the first I don't know. 30, 35, 40 minutes of the game at Old Trafford, they absolutely battled Man United because of how well-drilled they are and how they all understand the system because they've been playing the same way for three years. I think what's happened is Ralph has lost confidence in that 4-4-2 that we've been playing last season. Um, and he's trying new things and he's trying a new system that we're going to play. But this is like the third or fourth new system that we've had under Hassan until as well. Um which I don't know how people feel about that. It's just an, another new way of us playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think against Leeds, as long as there's improvements to the system and we don't look so exposed, I think that's progress. Um, and, like, you won't... We, we won't know how the season sort of starts for us until eight, nine games in. Once we, once we see, like, seven, eight, nine games... Then you can have an overview of actually how does this look? What are the performances looking like? Has anything changed from Spurs? Because this is now performance one, and we're going to have to see improvements every single week from performance one. Otherwise, you're you're going to look like we're going to be really really struggling uh, up until uh, the World Cup break. So you mentioned something interesting there with Brighton being well drilled in their system. They've played it for three years. They know exactly what they're going to do. And they sort of feel like us last season, I know it's only after one game, but us in periods of last season where it felt like we could go to any stadium and pick up results. And I know we finished 15th, but ironically, at some of the bigger stadiums, we did better than the quote-unquote smaller ones. And you see sometimes um, what happened in the past is, I think it was Martin Simmons that said, because of, you know, we're building this, he didn't say, this isn't directly quoting, but basically what he said, building the club around the manager, he's the best possible manager that we could have for our club at this moment. He's instigating this playbook that plays under all of the under nines, tens, elevens, whatever. But if he's, if you keep changing, chopping and changing the system, because he doesn't have confidence in either the players doing what he wants, the system, all of that, and I'm, I'm going to you know, satisfy the Ralph Outers here when I say this, just to chuck a point at you. Doesn't that mean that he's the whole thing that we're building around, someone else could come in and do something different? It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be Ralph, because a lot of the things that are good at the club are recruitment that he's not involved in. With, this, is, this is the frustration that I get with Hassan. I still want to still want to give him the time and, yeah. and give him the opening seven or eight games, but there is a frustration with him in the fact that we adopted the four four two, so we we adopted that system. That's the way that he plays. That's the way that he's played throughout the entirety of his managerial career. He's played that system, and yes, sometimes it didn't work, but at least when when we put in performances, we looked good and we looked like that there was a rhythm to it. There was players knew what they were doing. They, they could 
basically work around this system and it would work. And when now now that's changing, it feels like he's lost confidence in what he's doing. Um, we've had that giant change up in coaching staff. We've had um, new players being recruited that he's wanted. I know you said that he's not necessarily part of that recruitment side of things, but you would have thought that he would be yeah. at the forefront if he's got if he's this manager that Southampton wants to back and put into mm. the spotlight and say that he's the one that we're building the club around. He will have a say in the signings that are being made. I've no doubt about that. Yeah. So he he will have a shout into what we're doing and all that sort of thing. So yeah, he there, there are elements again. This is first game of the season, and I understand that we we can look back on last season and go, not much has changed. But I still think you're talking too early at this point to sack the manager. And also, if we get if we get seven, eight, nine games into the season and it's not working. We can sack him, and we've still got thirty games to save our season. Like it's not as as much as being having a poor start isn't the best thing. Like you know, we we've had poor starts before, and we've gone on and we've survived. So I don't think it's panic stations now to having lost the opening game away to Tottenham, which I don't think anyone was expecting. There's all, but uh, I think there are little elements and little bits where yes, system changes. We looked fluid, and then we changed the system not really worked and we tried to go back to it and it didn't really work and like that that's always a thing i think some of the substitutions annoyed me on saturday as well taking adam armstrong off and bringing stuart armstrong on don't really understand it unless like it doesn't feel like joe rebo's an out and out striker stuart armstrong definitely isn't an out and out striker so i've i'm not too sure about that but it might have just been trying to get the players involved a little bit more. Maybe Adam Armstrong's one that he wants to try and get in behind and stretch. And he wasn't doing that. And so, or like, Adam Armstrong had 14 touches of the ball in the first half. He wasn't involved overly in the first half. So it might have been literally putting Stuart Armstrong up there to maybe get involved a little bit more. He's a bit better of a ball carrier and he'll, he'll be involved in the game more. So maybe that's what the thought was. Um, but yeah. It is a frustrating opening game, but I think we need to give a little bit more time to see what the trend of the season is going to be. Talking about the substitutes, someone that didn't come on, and it caused a bit of a stir on the old hashtag Saints FC Twitter, was Adams. He didn't see him at all, and now today something came out on the Athletics saying, you know, basically if we get a good enough offer, we let we don't mind letting him go. Not that he's for sale, not that he's surplus for requirements, just that you know probably as any player, if, if we get a good enough bid, we don't mind moving him on. Ollie, what do you think? Because for me, he's probably the best striker we have, which overall probably doesn't show you know that we've got a great quality of depth but I feel like last season when he came on he's this unit he holds up defenders he causes an issue he hassles them yes he doesn't always score the goals but you know when he's on the pitch the defenders aren't going to have a quiet game well he scored against Spurs when we beat him 3-2 didn't he correct me if I'm absolutely wrong. there you yeah, go no, you're right. um, do you have the exact quote from the athletic because I don't think it was very long it was a very one sentence thing that's been dragged in a million different ways the, you know, uh, the the quote the quote from the Athletic is Southampton are willing to move Che Adams on this summer. 
that that's that is what that's what it it's is. An interesting it, he, they're, choice they're of... willing to move him on. Yeah, the 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 choice of phrase is very interesting. Move on sounds like almost dead wood clearing, doesn't it? I don't know, maybe that's just my interpretation. But the way the way it's not uh well ca- like if you cash in then it's kind of like oh big offers, but when it's like move on it's kind of like oh how much money can you kind of get for them? I don't know. I think it's the, that that's the problem. Everyone's reading into it and thinking it means loads of different things, but the big reaction is everyone saying why are we why are we looking at moving on the player who's most likely to to get goals for us. I know you, you two in our prediction reckon that Adam Armstrong, if all things go well, can get can be top goal scorer this season. But from the Spurs game, he did look quiet. And hmm. you have to say, at least Che Adams can offer that hold-up play that you mentioned previously. He he can bring that, and he did it. He did it well in that Ings partnership. He did relatively well in that Broja partnership. Um, and yeah, it, it makes you think that okay, yeah, he might not be, he might not be that, he might not have that capability to be that top top goal scorer that we need. But at least he's got that hold up play and other. He's got a very good eye for a pass. Like it, it goes sometimes unnoticed, but if you watch back some of the the play that he makes when when we do counter attacking moves or playing it in behind, he has a good eye for a pass. And he's like I say, he's got that. He's a Strong guy who can hold it up. Yeah, he's not massive in terms of headers, but he can still put himself in the way. Uh, and I just think that that provides something. And I thought it was really strange that he didn't come on, which only makes these rumours, you know, circulate more because you're like, oh, suddenly he doesn't get on the pitch. Oh, as he had a falling out with Ralph, and then everyone starts starts talking, don't they? But uh, to be honest, we we don't know why. And I think that will be something that will be. I'm surprised it wasn't. Yeah, I was gonna say, did it get did it get brought up in the in the interviews after? But to be honest, I didn't really stay for the interviews after, so I can't really say. Um, but will it be something that men- mentioned at the fans forum, which is what tomorrow, Wednesday? Ooh, okay, that'd be interesting. Are you are you thinking of selling? Uh, definitely, a striker is going to come up in the questions, but probably a question about Che Adams might come up as well. Who knows? I think it will probably be uh, what's the word turned away pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. That's what's said on that striker slash Che Adams front on in the fans forum. Mikey, what are your thoughts on the situation and any final takeaways about Spurs before we move on to the upcoming clash against Leeds? I think I think with Che uh, Adams, there was I think there's a slight overreaction with the wording of the Athletic. I think willing to move on is not we're going to look to sell him. I think it is like if we receive a good enough offer for him, like any of our players, because it's just the club that we are, we will look to sell. So if Forrest comes in with a 25, 30 million pound bid, we will move. I think that's basically what the quote is. Um, the the Hassan Hughes said about Chad after the game was we didn't want to change in the end the two guys up front, they deserved to play and had a good pre-season. Adam Armstrong had a chance today because he was successful in pre-season. Everybody should step step up because this is not enough. So, obviously, Aribo and Adam Armstrong were two good players in pre-season. They both scored goals. They both looked quite good. And, unfortunately, against Tottenham, it just didn't work. 
Um, I think it's a little harsh on Armstrong saying that he wasn't very effective or wasn't very lively because we didn't get the ball up the pitch that often. So it's hard for a striker to be effective when the ball isn't like in the area or we're creating chances from it, creating shooting opportunities. Uh, I think majority of our play was trying to play out the back or it was like turnovers in our midfield. So, yeah, you could say that he only had like he, he, he didn't get involved that much, but was there really the service for him to get involved that much? I think that's another question to ask. Um, or just another point to put on there in my defence of Adam Armstrong. Um, but no, I can't see there being any worries about Adams. If we get a good enough offer for him, we'll sell him. That's just the way that it is. Uh, but I would imagine that he will probably be in the starting lineup against Leeds. And I can imagine we will see a, quite a few changes from this first game. Right, you, you've rolled us on nicely to Leeds, and I, I go to you, Ollie. What are you expecting from this game? But also, what are you expecting from Leeds? They've had a bit of a change around in the squad. Obviously, their two best players from last season. It, well, Phillips didn't really play that much, but certainly Rafinha, he's the one that kept them up. But he's he's gone to Barcelona, Phillips to Manchester City, and that's that's allowed them to bring in a lot of players. In you see, Aronson, Sinistera. Tyler Adams, Christensen, uh, Marco Rocca and Giabi from Manchester City. A lot of them from the Salzburg sort of Leipzig blend. So it feels like they're going towards, well, really backing the manager, Jesse Marsh. What do you feel of their transfer window and just Leeds as, as a whole, really? Well, I don't know too much about their business, but from what I've seen, it looks fairly sensible. Like you say, they they've reinvested the money that, they've accumulated from their sales. Um, there was a player that I did like the look of, and I'm trying to find his name, uh, that they brought in this summer. Is it a centre midfielder? Uh, well, Aronson. Mentioned... Um, Is it Aronson? Uh, Rocker, Adams. I think he mentioned. Okay, Rocker from Bayern Munich. Yeah, when when I heard about that signing, I had a little look and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting, because of course, Harry, you... you, you uh, you 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 what's it called you've got preparation before we start this podcast i was looking through the names and i thought yeah rocker by munich um that was an that's an interesting one um beat wolves on the weekend yeah. am i right come back from behind yep mm, okay um and then well my one question is does he stick with a five at the back against Leeds at home that's what I mean, he's been doing it all pre-season. He did it against Spurs, which I mean, I understand. But if we're going to go out and play Leeds at home, I'd hope to see four at the back. But does he stick with a five at the back and try this new style? I'd, I'll be honest. I, when, uh, when you mentioned Brighton previously, and you said about how they've got a, a system that they've stuck with for a long time, I thought we were going to stick to the four two 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 because we almost got known for for it and I don't know whether it got figured out in a way and that's why Ralph moved on. But I think if the formation and the setup is good enough, you don't like figure out a formation, if that makes sense. Like I, I Mikey, I'm gonna have to go to you with this one, but correct me if I'm wrong, but formations are only two formations and extents, they all have positives and negatives, right? But I think the way that if the players are comfortable and they know what they're doing, that's far more important than 
how the players are lined up on the pitch? There's a couple of things. Like with, with formations, you do have positives, you do have negatives. Like so if you want to play like a four one two one two diamond type thing, you know that you're gonna have overload in the central midfield and you can have late running fullbacks to make runs in behind and that sort of stuff. However, you know that as soon as your fullbacks are pinned back, then you have no space you have no width to your side. So like there, there are little elements here and there about formations that have advantages, disadvantages, but it's less about formations now, more about like roles on the pitch. Because formations are just your starting points. So like when you have a goal kick or when you have like, like, a, like yeah, when you have a goal kick while you're at kickoff or whatever, that is your starting point. And then each player will have their own little individual role in that thing. So with Carl Walker Peters, if he was playing at left back he would cut inside and he would become a inverted, inverted uh, wing back at some points and he'd look to sort of make underlapping runs and penetrate through the middle of the pitch as a fullback, which is going to be like a bit of a surprise. While if Perode was playing there, because he's left-footed, he'll be looking to do overlaps and he'll be looking to bomb around the outside of our head and, and do that sort of thing. So each player has their own little individual role that they do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason why we changed was because we became very leaky. Uh, we we really struggled to defend the central areas of the pitch um, in, in our 4-4-2 because where, where like our players' positions were, our full-backs went really, really high, meaning that our centre-halves had to split a little bit wider. And if either of the two central midfielders were out of position, then all of a sudden during transition our centre-backs would be a little bit too wide and then they wouldn't be close enough together to sort of be together. And then you'd have players breaking forward and us trying to make recovery runs and it all just was a little bit of a mess. But like that, that was where we conceded a lot of goals was during our defensive transition. So the reason why this formation has been set up is to give us one more extra player in the centre so that when our centre-halves do split, we've got one player in the centre. It means that we've got three players in midfield now instead. So we're going to be a lot more compact in the centre. And the problem with what playing against Spurs was the fact that we were being overrun out wide. Um, so that's just going to be a little bit of a flick and a little bit of a switch of like, maybe if the centre, that's something we've got to have to practice is that if the ball goes in behind our centre half gas to go wide, what positions do our centre back need to be in? Where does our full back have to listen to? Who comes in and cover from that centre half coming wide? Like that's, that's sort of like the issue that you, so my question um, is, do you stick yep. with the five? Because we've now learned that mistake. We've tried to solve the issue of the being overran in the middle. So we've put, like you say, you changed the formation. And now, instead of going down the middle, they're going out wide. And now we're learning from those mistakes. Do you stick with the five and try and implement <clears throat> the experience you've learned from those mistakes? Or do you go back to four and try and win the game in the midfield or in the middle rather it depends how assertive Hassan Hutu is in this whether he believes what he's doing is the correct thing or not and with what we've seen he gives systems time so I would have thought that we'd stick with a back five I, I would want us to stick with the back five for Leeds um, because I don't think you give up on a system one week into a season because that's what we did under Hughes a couple of years ago is we played 4-4-2 all throughout pre-season. We played 4-4-2 against Burnley. We got flat. We went to a three-back. 
And we did all that work over preseason over those eight weeks to get the system right. And in the first week, it didn't work and he didn't want to progress and continue with that system. So there, there are always going to be faults on the first day of the season, especially when you're trying to learn something new. Look at Man United. They've got better players than us. They got outclassed by Brighton because they're learning how to play um, the way that um, whatever his name wants to play. Harry, what's his name? Who, which player? Man United's manager. What, Eric Ten Hag? Thank you very much. That's the one that there I'm we thinking go. of. They're, they're learning how he wants to play. So with, with this fascinating system, it's got to chill out a little bit and go, right, we're learning how to do it. And we learned it against a very well-drilled Conte Spurs die, who will probably be, be, be in the Champions League this year. Um, well, they're in the Champions League this year and they'll probably qualify for next year as well through the league. So that's what you're expecting. I think next week, I think the most important thing is cutting Jack Harrison out. I think that is the most important thing because what is very interesting about them is so when 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 I talk about so there's a thing called shot creating action. So you get a so it's basically a action on the field that you do to create a shot. So whether it's a dribble or a pass or whatever, if you do something within three actions of a shot going on. So let's say um, Warprouse passed the ball to. Uh, Adam Armstrong, he goes on a little mazy dribble and shoots. Then Adam Armstrong will get a shot-creating action for the dribble, and then Warprouse will get a shot-creating action for the pass. Yeah? Understand? Yes. Cool. yes. Um, so, Jack Harrison, so Lee's created, had 16 shots creating actions against Wolves. Jack Harrison had seven. He created almost half the amount of shot-creating actions that Lee's created in general. So, he's going to be key into stopping how Leeds play. They, they've run, they're, they're three in behind Patrick Bamford. So you've got Rodrigo, who is basically a second striker. He's not going to get on the ball a lot. And you've got Brendan Anderson, Aronson, who I don't really know a lot about. I know he's a new signing. I know he plays on the right-hand side. Um, but I think he's a player that is left-footed or right. Well, I oh, know he's right-footed even. So he's going to be creating width on that right-hand side and Jack Harrison is going to be coming in on his right foot. That's what I'm assuming. Um, so he's going to be key into stopping how Leeds want to play because he is obviously the most creative player for them. Um, but no, I, I, it, it's going to be an interesting game to see how each team does. It'll be interesting to see how we try and stop Jack Harrison and how we try and... because. Leeds will press us. So that's something that we've got to work out is we don't have particularly good ball playing centre-half. So do you bring in Jack Stevens for this game? Because he's probably one of the more competent centre-halves playing the ball. Is Belcott Chap going to get his first start? Is he going to get his debut after what happened last week? Is Salisu going to play considering he decided to shoot at our own goal instead of clearing it? Like, is, is the, what, 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 that, that's sort of like the questions that I want to ask. Are we going to try and play through the press? We don't really have a target man to look to. Are we going to look to play in behind their fullbacks? Because I think their fullbacks like getting high and wide. So is that something we're going to look into and get Adam Armstrong running in, in between the, um, the centre-half and the fullback into wide areas? Like, that, that's what's going to be interesting to see how we try and deal with that threat. I mean, Ollie, what, what do you want to see happen then? What players do you want to see come in? How do you want us to address this game? You asked Mikey, now it's your turn to answer it. No. Who do you well, want to we see? Well just Who you should be dropped? We'll just, you can just go and <laughs> eat, eat dinner. Um, 
I I don't want to see the new centre back come in. Kotchap. Yeah. I know Mikey rates him very highly, but I appreciate it when Ralph phases in the new players because we know how hard it is to, to learn Ralph's system and the experienced people that have been taught by him for about three years still didn't crack it at Spurs. So the lad's just come in and done a two-month pre-season or however long Harry said it was at the start of the episode. Yeah, basically, just basically. over two months. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then we played one game. A few friendlies. He's not going to have the experience. And he, to a certain extent, he hasn't really played with the people he would be playing with for very long. So I would... What would I change? I'd want to see Che Adams come in because, as Mikey mentioned, we we don't necessarily have a target man, but he's the closest thing we have to hold up play. So I'd like Che Adams to come in. Um, I'd want Aribo to keep his place. I'd want Lavia, Romeo, and Warprouse to keep their place. I think our midfield were actually okay. I think it was the defence that's the main issue. Who would I drop? Well, Adam Armstrong doesn't really have a place unless you are going to play full yeah. back. Full back. If Adams is coming in and all those are retaining their thing. And I think Adam I want Armstrong... To see... oh, could, you, could you do Adam Armstrong and Che Adams together? But then, then you'd have to drop a Rebo, which I don't think... I'd want to see a Rebo play in the three. That's what I'd want to see. see. And I'd, then who would you take out? I would take Romeo out. I'd play Lavia okay. in like that central role again. And mm. I want Warprouse and Aribo because they're just a little bit more mobile. Like Romeo's not really mobile. So if a ball does go into a wide area and I think like I, I don't know. I just think Aribo being a little bit more mobile than Romeo would be good and have a little bit more speed because if Leeds are pressing us, we get through their press. Aribo yeah. has that pace to sort of exploit that. I think Adam Armstrong running into wide areas will help us. Um, try and break through Leeds press because we're not the most effective ball playing side. And I think Lavia will have a big say in whether we can play through or not with his positioning and, and his ability to play through lines and stuff like that. I think that's going to be key to what we're going to try and do. I think it'll be interesting to see how Bazunu settled from his first game because sometimes he looked a little bit shaky when playing the ball out the back and he didn't yeah. seem the most confident. In his goalkeeping, he seemed fine. But, like, his actual... It's a uh, kicking playing... seemed a bit off. Yeah. I, uh, Considering I thought... that's what we've signed him for. <laughs> his <laughs> ball-playing ability yeah. wasn't, like, yeah. amazing. But that might just be first-game nerves and maybe he'll settle down for this. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, he seemed okay, you know, doing 20-yard passes. But the, the whole, you know, goal kicks and stuff, I think his first... I think his first kick went out for a throw and I, I sighed out loud and went, oh no, oh no. Forster would have been proud of that one. And I was like, oh, here we go. Um, but yeah, um, I hope he keeps his place. I think it would be silly to drop him for McCarthy. Um, yeah, what do you do about those defenders? Up front is Bamford back from fitness. Yeah, he, he... he played the last game. How long did he play? Did he play the full 90? I'm unsure. I saw him a match of the day, so he was on the pitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> he started. He was, he was on the pitch, yeah. He started, okay. Um, and they, they normally play one up front. Is that is that correct? 
4231. Yeah. 4231, yeah. thank you. Um, okay. Um, I wonder if they'll be as effective from crosses that Spurs were. That's just the way they put the pressure on us on the weekend. It's just relentless. They just kept on. I mean, if we got close, what's his name? Kudaleski? I, 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 I get yeah. really scared of pronunciations. Him and Emerson Royale. Now, I know Emerson Royale loves a, a compilation of himself, but he had plenty yeah. to go off this week because, God, he just <laughs> he wouldn't stop running. Did, Mikey, did you see his average position? On, you know, on those maps, you get the average position things. Yeah. Did you see how high he was? Yeah, he played he as a high. winger. Yeah, he played higher than Kane. Kane, obviously, I know Kane drops in, but Emerson Royale was just he was he was just having fun tormenting of that. What was it? He's right, so our left. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to work it out. Yeah, yeah. That that was not a fun watch. So I really do hope we've somewhat learnt from the mistakes that were against Spurs. But yeah, um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Comfort, it was inspiring to uh, to watch. So, who would who would come out in defence? I mean, you could put Stevens in. I don't actually think. I mean, everyone loves to blame Bedrock, but I don't. I don't think he had the worst game. And then, do you drop Salisu, even though he scored no goal? Do you do you show faith in him and keep him in, or do you take him out and give some time away? I don't know. What would you do? That's the million dollar question, really. I, think I... I'd keep him. Yeah, I think I think still he's our most capable centre back, and even if he's True. lacks confidence, the best way to build it back up is to have a good performance against Leeds, keep a clean sheet, have the fans singing singing your name again. Because with Stevens, with Lianco, with Bednarek, you know they've got to play, one of them, two of them at least have got to play. But I have, I still have the most faith in Salisu. Just next time, mate, when the ball comes across, I don't mind if you kick it out for a throw or kick it out for a goal kick with your weaker foot. That's fine. Just, just let it hit your foot and go out because at that, at that point in the game, two one, we're still in it. Three one, it's game over. Really, it's game over, and that's really why Emerson Royale stayed so up, high up the pitch because he didn't have any any defending to do. So what? Why don't you come back if uh, yeah. if you don't have to? Um, but yeah. We've overviewed Leeds or previewed Leeds and now it's the time to do the predictions. And, you know, I'll start with you, Ollie. What's your score prediction? And, you know, give us a little reason why as well. Okay. I'm... I think... 2-1 Saints. There and it go. is... First three points. It's a big bounce back. Yeah. But I think... I've just got a gut feeling that we're going to... I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be bouncing around the whole game. And I think it will be one of our most intense games of the season. You know, where last time we played them, it was just constant pressing against pressing. And sometimes it was just all over the place. But I think it's because it's early in the season and we know what we need to do. I think it might work in our favour. And I just look at our, I look at our midfield, which I think is the most important thing when you're going to have a really high, intense game. And I think the quality we've got in there will make the difference. And I think that's what it will come down to. I think it will be the midfield. And if we do that free in the midfield, um, I think we'll come out on top. So I'm going to say 2-1. 
Nice. So a Phillipsless midfield is going to succumb to the pressure of Southampton. Mikey, do you feel the same, or do you think Leeds will get a win in a what is a sold out St Mary's? I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere. So, yeah, what are you thinking? I can see it being the same as Ollie. I think I think it'll be a very open game, and it'll just be who as weird this is who the luck falls to, like who will get the bounce of the ball, who will get like whatever. So. Um, I'm gonna go. I can't see either side keeping clean sheet. I think I'll go three one Southampton. I don't know why we're gonna score three, but I just you can say two one one if you want to as well. No, 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 because every single time I do and I just copy someone else, it's boring. No, Um, no, I'm going three one. My mind is two one, but because Harry doesn't like things being the same as each other, I'll go 2-1. Well, what? When does one have ever said yeah, that? Harry. That's absolute rubbish. <laughs> absolute He's, rubbish. He uh, always says that after we finish the call. He's always... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so boring. The, one, the one thing that I find boring was Ollie's 1-1 prediction, so I'm going to double that and I'm going to say 2-2. I'm normally the most positive and I'm going to be a bit more reluctant this time. I said that we beat Saints, ambitiously so, um, but I'm going to go for a 2-2. I think both teams, their strength isn't defending, but sometimes they can attack, um, even though our top scorer is probably still going to be James Will-Prowse this season. So I'm going to go 2-2. Mikey said 3-1 um, after peer pressure, and Ollie is going to say 2-1. Hopefully one of those two are correct. It might be me, but I'm, I'm hoping for once that I'm wrong. It doesn't happen often. I know, it really doesn't have to happen often, but I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Anyway, the next podcast, we're hopefully going to review a win against Leeds and then preview our next match. Is it against Manchester United or is it against Leicester? It's against Leicester is our next match away at the King Power. So hopefully we can preview that. But it's been me, Harry Tears. I remember to check out the show at Saints underscore score. I've been joined by Ollie. Everyone. I've also been joined by Mikey. Cool. And hopefully we'll be joined by Jamie next weekend. Uh, But yeah, we will see you next week.